I'm Seagal Shoham, and this is the Conflict Hotline. What you say next can change your world. I will be hosting today's show, and we'll be looking at the topic of inner conflict. You may think of conflict as something that happens between people. Today, we're going to look at a different type, the conflicts that happen within us, inside of a person, and what you can do about them. With me in the studio to explore this topic is Mickey Kashten, our conflict coach. We have Allie Miller and Carrie Tepperman as our role players. Most of the time, inner conflicts happen inside us silently, but today our role, play, role players will play different sides of the same person out loud. This way, we can watch how to apply the skills in a conversation with ourselves. I'll be watching and asking questions about what happens. Now let's begin and take a look at this inner conflict that was emailed to us by a viewer. Mickey, tell us what the situation is. Thank you. So let's call the viewer Lauren. And these are two parts of Lauren here sitting. And uh, the situation is that a good friend of Lauren's uh, just had a very, very painful breakup. And that friend is having a really hard time and uh, has asked Lauren to come spend the weekend with her to help her through this really difficult transition. So let's see what the two different parts, what the reactions are. So what's your reaction to being invited? Mm, I should really go. I should definitely go. That's what a good friend would do. She's in a lot of pain. I need to be there for her. That's what, that's what I really should do. Thank you. And what's your reaction? I don't know. I think we need to think about this. What about us? Is this really the good thing for us to do? You're always putting other people first. I think we need to take a minute here. I don't think we should just do that. Thank you. So we already see how there is the beginning of an internal war here, probably familiar to you. In a moment, we'll come back to see how we deal with this and, um, and work out to create more understanding internally. Thank you, Mickey. Conflict Hotline is a live call-in program about the common challenges that we all face in our relationships, at home, and in the world. We are here to demonstrate skills that we can develop to face those situations more successfully. We're an all-volunteer effort with no budget, and we are affiliated with Bay Area Nonviolent Communication. We're not taking calls tonight, but you can always email us at conflicthotline at baynvc.org. Now let's see what happens when we bring some consciousness and skills to the situation. Thank you. So um, let's look at, at what is happening here. So uh, say again what your initial reaction is. I should go. I mean, that's what a good friend would do. A good friend would go to be there for her friend who's in a lot of pain. So the first clue that you have that there is potential inner challenge or conflict or tear is the word should. As soon as you have a should there, that you know that you are talking to yourself and that there is some other part that might not want to go. Mm -hmm. And then here's this other part. And why is it that you don't want to go? I am exhausted. I am so exhausted. And my mother-in-law just left. And I have a huge week at work. And I, coming up, and. I, I just need this weekend to prepare and to get myself back together. I'm, I'm too exhausted. Okay, so now they can be at odds with each other, go back and forth. Let's see what that could look like for a moment. Yeah, it's, it just sounds so selfish. Like, I get that you're exhausted, but it's like your friend is in crisis. Our friend is in crisis. Yeah. This is the time to, like, step up and be there for someone. This, that, isn't that what you would want her to do? Well, I think... You know, I'm not the only friend she has. She has other friends. I mean, if it if 
we could go at some other time. We don't have to go now. But she's in crisis now. Well, we could, I don't know. I just, I can't, I just can't make myself do it. And I'm, I'm tired of the way you always say yes to other people without thinking about what's important for us. Thank you. What you can see very easily is that when you engage in an internal conversation in this way, nobody gets heard. Do either one of you feel heard by the other? Feel heard? Yeah. Mm -mm. Just you? getting a little more frantic every time I say something. Yes. Yeah, and so what happens when we don't get heard, whether it's internally or externally, is we turn up the volume. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like you have to now, like, whoosh, make yourself even bigger mm -hmm. to make her shut down? Mm -hmm and you like, have to defend yourself, so that's not gonna work. So let's see if we can bring a little bit of hearing into this. So I, I wanna um, help each of you, and we'll, we'll, uh, you are kind of like, you representing the side that says, good friend, this is what a good friend would do. Mm -hmm. And you're representing the side that says, let's take care of us, let's take care of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, and and also let's take a minute to really think about it and not just do a knee jerk gotta go. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So <clears throat> let's let's first see what um, what is it um, underneath the should. What's important to you? I'm I'm guessing that there is some way that you really care about this person, this friend. Yeah, it's like it's very painful for me to see how much pain she's in. I mean, she's devastated. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a friend this devastated before. And I care a lot about her. I love her. And I, you know, I, I want her, I want to support her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, does it feel any different when you say, I should go, that's what a good friend does, and when you say, I want to support her? Yeah, totally. I mean, one feels like um, when I say I should, that's what a good friend does, I, it, I feel constricted and tight and defensive. Mm -hmm. And when I let myself access that I care about her and that I want to support her, I feel softer, mm -hmm. more open-hearted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm, I'm wondering if from within that more open-hearted place, do you have any room to hear the other part of you? Because see, at some point, if there's going to be a unified decision rather than an arm wrestling, an internal arm wrestling, which we so often do, then somebody's gonna hear somebody else. Do you have room to hear? I think I do. <clears throat> Let's give it a try. Okay. So I, I, I feel like if I get on that plane, I'm gonna cry all the way to Atlanta. And then what kind of shape am I gonna be in? Um, and, you know, I'm really, I don't know, I get really frightened when you just say yes and you don't think about. Thank you. Think about that part. So what are you hearing? I, I heard, I mean, what stood out to me is that is when you said you're going to cry all the way. Mm -hmm. and, that, and then the word frightened stood out to me, that you're afraid and that you don't want me to say yes all the time. And do you have any sense as to why she doesn't want you to say yes all the time? 
Because one of the things that, that is foundational to this practice is that we try to bring things to what we do want rather than what we don't want. Something about choice? Yeah, it's, it's not even that I, I don't want you to say yes all the time. It's that I want us to take a little bit of time to consider before we say yes or no. So that you, f you feel like there's some space around making the decision. It's not just something habitual. Or yeah. So it is really, I guess, about choice. Choice. Yeah. I, I'm guessing that there's one more thing in this thing about uh, wanting to, t to take the time, which is that you want to have confidence that the needs that you're speaking for will be heard and included. Well, that we have needs. That would, I would like to just, you know, remember that we have them. <laughs> we can't just go dragging the body off to Atlanta, that, you know, that there are needs here. And we need to take, take time to, you know, to acknowledge that. So, so part of the difficulty that, of what I see here is that sometimes we get into a place of, in a situation like this of thinking that it's the other person's needs or my needs. Right. And if you take a deeper look, this part is also speaking for needs. What needs is this part speaking for? Do you have a sense? Oh, I, I think it's like <clears throat> a need to uh, like contribute. To, to contribute. To, and a need for... To express care. To express care. Mm-hmm. So those are also needs of yours. And there's another one. It's like something about wanting to live in a world where people, like, you know, it might not be what I had planned, but I want, I want to live in a world where people are responsive to each other's crises. So you want to find in you the capacity to rise to occasions and to trust yourself that you'll do that. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I want other people to do that for me. Yeah. And so. I want us all to do that for each other, mm -hmm. that it's not just when it's convenient for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So see, the, the, the part of what I think begins to create movement around here is recognizing that both sets of needs live inside the same person. And it's not that this is my needs and the other person's needs. That it's mm. both of them are my needs. Wondering if that uh, rings true in any way for you. Yeah, I do. I mean, I have a different... Uh, when I hear that, that last piece, um, that it's not all about someone else in a way, that it's about uh, something that's alive inside us, mm -hmm. um, it... It, I feel the value of it mm -hmm. more. I, I feel more willingness to kind of try and find more space for that. Great. This is, this is one of the ways that it starts shifting is when you recognize that all of it is part of you. And it's not really um, kind of like a win-lose. It's like, what can we do to move here um, for both parts to be included? And, I'm imagining that it's hard to remember that, that both of you are holding parts that are important to Lauren when there's a demand coming out from the outside. It might be even harder to, to remember that. Is, that. is that accurate? Well, part of, part of what happens is there are layers of demand. Um, so uh, uh, before we even get to uh, the friend, um, there is, uh, the way that I'm tracking it, it's almost like because this part doesn't trust that 
the, the needs for care, for rest, for manageability, for um, all of these kinds of things will be considered, there is like an intensity of, I demand that you pay attention to me. That's one internal demand. Then there's an internal demand, I should be this way. Mm. And so what you end up ha having mm. is, a, is a fight between two internal demands, which makes it such that whichever way you go, you're going to be unhappy. Yeah. If you stay home, you're not actually going to be able to take good care of yourself because you're going to sit there churning, I should have gone, I should have gone, what kind of a person am I? Right, and you're slapping your wrist for either way. Yes, either and, way if you, and if you go without making peace with this, you go there and you end up being exhausted and resentful hmm. the whole time that you're there because I didn't pay attention to myself and I should have stayed and why did I get myself into this mess? I knew that it was going to be too much for me. So, Great, yeah. so let's come back and look at what, what kind of conversation we have once we've really heard both sides of ourselves after we take a break. Thank you. So right now we're going to take a break and we'll, we'll come back to look at this situation with a little more balance. Welcome back to Conflict Hotline. We're looking at inner conflict, and we're just looking at one where there's a lot of internal demand. So let's go back and, and hear what you have to say about that, Mickey. Thank you. I, I, I will see as we go through the program, I have a sense that very often there is internal demand between two or more parts inside, inside of us. And uh, there was also the other part, which is that sometimes it, um, there is also a, a demand that may come from the other person. And whether or not there is, which there may or may not be, we hear an internal, uh, we hear a demand whether or not it's there. Mm. Somebody says, you know, would you, you know, do this for me? And instead of hearing that the person is asking for information about whether or not we can do it, we just hear, do this or else. And especially when someone is in distress, when somebody's in distress, it's extremely difficult not to hear it as a demand. So I'm wondering if that somehow feeds into the should that you're holding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's been emailing me every day telling me how much pain she's in and that she really needs support. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I feel like I have to. Right, there's something about, uh, in particular around care, that it's very hard to distinguish between I care for you and I will do what you ask me to do. It's mm. almost like the only way to express care is to say yes. That becomes extraordinary pressure. And I, I want to believe that we have many ways of expressing care. And maybe uh, that's part of what we can get into. I still am not entirely confident that you fully heard each other. I'm curious uh, if you have a sense of being heard by this. Oh, if I feel heard? No, I feel like I hear her, though. I don't know that I feel heard. And what yeah. about? I feel a little bit the same way. I, <laughs> <laughs> so but, it's like uh, something shifted inside, but it hasn't been verbalized yet. Mm -hmm. In terms, yeah. yeah. And, and whether it's internally or with other people, it's often that we feel, I hear you and you don't hear me, and then it's time to put it to a test. So let's see which one of you is ready to check out if you really heard the other. I'll try. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I heard the need for choice, that you really want this decision to come from a place of like self-connection and consciousness. 
not just a knee-jerk reaction. Yes. Is there? Is this all? Well, that's a big piece of it. That's a big piece. That's a big piece of it. And then there's another piece about um, wanting consideration for my own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like yeah. to be seen for like that, that you're exhausted, that you have a lot of work to do, that, that you might end up crying the whole way there. Yeah. And, and I heard something even more global than this. Just um, you're really aching for self-care to be part of the equation overall yeah. of how decisions are made. Are yeah. made. That when we, yes, that when we make our choices together, that that's one of the things that we always reflect on. Mm. That's a component that we always reflect on. And I love what I just heard, which is when we make a decision together. So there's already the beginning of we're not at odds. We're not fighting with each other. We're just trying to look at the situation to come up with, with uh, decisions. And mm -hmm. uh, do you have now a sense of being heard? Yes. Great. Now let's try the other direction. I suddenly feel a little less exhausted. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah, uh, it's like that whole little piece of exhaustion just kind right, of lifted off because you're not holding it alone anymore. That's the piece. The togetherness is what mm. what creates that sense of like ah, there's openness here because now you know that this part is holding care for you, so you don't have to be so fierce and protective about it. This is how things start shifting. Yeah. Now let's see what happens when you hear this other part. Okay. So I just want to paraphrase that. So holding on that tight is part of what's exhausting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think back and remember, because mm -hmm. it's been a few beats back. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm remembering something about just wanting to live in a world where people are truly, uh, where there's a really heartfelt and deep response mm -hmm. to the people in our lives. And yeah. that there's a willingness to um, to meet other help help people when they're in crisis. Yeah, like for availability. For availability, we want people to be available to each other. Yeah, and to have that as a priority. Yeah, and to um, kind of ref when making de when we make decisions together to have that piece on the table at all times because that's kind of a core core issue, core mm -hmm. belief, mm -hmm. core value mm -hmm. in, in terms of the whole world you want to live in. Mm -hmm. Is there more? Did I miss something? I mean, just the piece about like really wanting to support her in particular because I feel so connected to her and I really want to let her know that, you know, that I care about her. So it's, it's, even, and in, it's even more than that. It's, it, there's also this particular friend. Yeah. Um, that you really deeply care about. Yeah. We deeply, really deeply care about. And it's, it's wanting to express that care for mm -hmm. this person that's so important to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and really, I'm guessing, too, really being touched by the pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and wanting to respond. Yeah. I feel heard. Okay. And what, what, does it, what does it feel like? What does it do inside of me? I feel calm. That, that inner fight is gone. I just feel kind of quiet inside. Available, open. 
great. So now there is this space that is really kind of like fertile for uh, um, sitting with this. That's the space that you wanted from within which mm. you can make the decision. Yeah. And now I also more trust that whichever decision you, uh, you end up advocating, that you will hold care for, for, uh, for Lauren mm. from where you are. Mm -hmm. Does that feel true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious if either one of you has a proposal. Well, and I want to add one thing, and part of what's really interesting is that my heart feels so much more open to my friend now. I have all this sense of spaciousness inside me. So not only do I not feel exhausted, but because I've kind of integrated that piece, I, I also am now much more in touch with the caring mm -hmm. for our, our friend. Yeah. So. So I'm wondering, uh, you have a question over I'm this. just sitting struggling, because when I hear you saying that you're calm, and when I heard the dilemma, it's like, I'm feeling frantic. Like, what are you going to do? And so I'm not getting, you know, I want to know when I'm in the situation, how do I do this with myself? How do I get to a place where I'm not, it's like, on the one hand, there's this desire to help, you know, both to help myself, like it's like a strong desire or to help the other person. But how do I not make that a demand? Like, what do I do to, to, to transform it into this? So, so let's, kind of like take a step back and, and ask the question, what is it that creates demands overall at whatever level? Mm -hmm. Why would anyone ever make a demand? It's, you only make a demand when you don't trust that, the, that your needs count. Mm. If you really trust that your needs count, you don't have to make a demand. There's more room for negotiation. And it sounds to me like what's been happening here is they are starting to trust that they count with mm. each other. Mm -hmm. mm. And so there's, there's, it just creates a softening right away. And so I'm, I'm, does that speak to you? It does. I want to make sure that I can develop the trust of myself, that, I'm gonna, that I'll be able to be there for whatever voice comes up, not sort of push it away like I usually yeah. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So part, part of the deal is is to uh, break the pace of the yes but. Mm. Do you know what I mean by the yes but? Yeah. Where each voice can say da 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 da, and then the other voice says yes but da 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 da. Yes but da 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 da. And whenever there's a yes but, nobody actually gets heard. Mm. So there's some way in which uh, we need to develop the capacity to let each voice be in full each part be in full, and then as you really uh, give each part a full hearing, the but dissipates. And then the, you can start seeing the places where there is um, crossover and overlap and where you can come together. That, that um, I, I'm wondering if that's what you were asking yeah. for. Yeah, it seems helpful to imagine doing something like sitting down and writing out each side fully and totally and not arguing with myself. Yes, yes. And there are other things that you, you can do. You can just like allow your full self to become one mm. and feel what that is like and what's alive there and what are the real needs and then become the other. And then you can start kind of like going back and forth and giving each other a hearing mm -hmm. and, then, and then things start shifting. All right. 
And um, I'm, so I'm still curious if either one of you has a proposal for which way to go, how to go. I have an idea. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe if I took Thursday and Friday off work, then I could regroup and do the things in my life that will make me feel like my own life is manageable and have the downtime I need and know that I'm ready to come back on Monday for a big week. So if I took Thursday and Friday off and took care of myself, then I could go on the weekend. Mm -hmm. You're surprised. I am. And now I'm a little like, are you sure you want to go? <laughs> I guess I just, I really connected with, with the needs that I have too for self-care. And so I feel protective of those needs mm -hmm. now, I notice. Or I, we could take Thursday and Friday off and go down just for one day. Just go for Saturday and come back Sunday. It's interesting how I totally switched, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. So it's about, you've, something else has come up about your own wanting to slow, slow the pace of life down and... Yeah, I think I, I, I needed a reminder of that and like hearing it from you, um, I don't know, it, re it resonates. Mm -hmm. And so now I feel protective of our time. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not really sure anymore that you want to go? I'm not. I, but I know what I want. I know what I want to do is find a way to let. I want her to feel supported mm -hmm. and cared for. That is so beautiful. That um, the getting to a place of where there is a difference between I want her to feel supported, and that means I have to do something. Mm -hmm. And they, that's where you start having a little bit of space. Really recognizing what is what you want to create in the world and starts having a sense of creativity that it doesn't have to be just one way. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I am also, we're, uh, we're going to go into a break in a moment. I just, during the break, I want you both to consider, because we haven't talked about that at all, what would it be like to be there with her? Because, um, that might affect the decision too. So let's, let's think about that too when we come back from break. And possibly when we come back, we'll have that conversation where we tell our friend um, what the decision is. Mm -hmm. Stay with us. Welcome back. You're watching Conflict Hotline and we are dealing with the topic of inner conflicts. Right now we're looking at a conflict that's within Lauren. They're playing with two sides of Lauren about whether to go down and support her friend through a crisis. Thank you. So I have a sense that um, there is almost complete resolution between these two aspects of you, Lauren, that uh, there's a way that it seems like you're almost ready to say yes to going. And I have a concern that there may be another piece here that needs to be looked at, which is what would it be like to be there and how is that going to be? Um, so I'm, um, don't worry about which part you were in before. When you imagine being there with, with, uh, with your friend, mm -hmm. I remember you said earlier mm -hmm. 
that there is some way that you feel a lot of pain about her pain. And that led me to be a little concerned about um, how it would be for you to be there. Yeah, I mean, it's like if I'm just going there in the role of like caring good friend, you know, who's like kind of shutting off my other needs and I'm just there for her, that's one thing. But if I'm, now that I've integrated this part about like self-care also, um, it's kind of overwhelming to imagine holding her pain and my kind of needs for self-care, all of that together. Because her pain is so big mm -hmm. that it's, it just is like, wow, that's a lot to hold, me and her, both. What happens to you in response to her pain? Um, I mean, I get, I feel sad. I feel helpless. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like such a tragic situation that I just, I don't know, I feel, I've been crying a lot when I talk to her about it. I just feel heartbroken. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a, a way that it's almost like you're taking on her pain. Yeah, I really feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like she's over there, I'm over here. It's like, it, in a way, it feels like it's mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to come back to that in a moment, and I'm, I'm just curious um, if you have any reaction to this idea of being there with, with her. Yeah, I, I have some of that feeling, for sure, but also there's, I, I worry about getting a little depressed because um, just that whole situation of people, uh, relationships not lasting, mm -hmm. uh, a kind of betrayal in relationships or, you know, whatever you want to call that, and just the kind of mm -hmm. disappointment of who we'd like to be versus who we are, and I, I worry that I might get a little depressed and Great. a little despondent. Yeah, thank you. So th these are two, you know, different aspects of a, of a similar reaction, and so I, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about the, the dilemma of how we respond to somebody that we really care about being in pain. Um, and um, it was very useful for me when I had the insight that it is not possible for me to feel another person's pain. I can only feel my pain. Hmm. They are the only person that can feel their pain. I can only feel my pain about their pain. It is not the same. It is not her pain. Mm -hmm. That was somehow helpful to me because if it is my pain, then I have a lot more choice about it and uh, and then uh, so that was one thing that was helpful and the other is you mentioned something about helplessness mm -hmm. that tells me that you think you're supposed to do something about her pain mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me since you earlier spoke with for I should be a good friend mm -hmm. so there is a big part of you a big part of you part it's, it's getting a little hairy here, part of part, but mm -hmm. there's some, uh, some strength to the idea that you are responsible mm -hmm. for another person and you should do something about it. Mm -hmm. I want to save her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the question to me is, um, is that the best thing we have to offer a person in pain, is to try to save them? Because now when I think about it, when I am in pain, what do I want from other people? And usually for me, it's not, I don't want to be saved, especially not saved by advice. 
That really gets to me. Doesn't it get to you? <laughs> what is it that you really want when you're in pain? Companionship, to be heard. Yeah, just a sense of somebody being with you. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily anybody fixing your problem for you. Mm -mm. Yeah, just loving presence. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm wondering if when you imagine being with her in loving presence rather than feeling her pain, as you say, or all of that, if that eases any of the tension inside of you. Yes, not entirely, but yes. It's mm -hmm. like I don't have to do anything. Right. I don't have to fix it. I don't, I'm not responsible. I don't, yeah, it takes some of the pressure off. Mm -hmm. And there's still some left. I'm, I think I'm just scared about just being in that zone of devastation. Yeah, that relates a little bit to what this part mm -hmm. was talking about. It's like, how is this going to affect me? Mm -hmm. And then my, my question, my curiosity is, when you imagine being there and having all that pain that you're witnessing, do you have then access to connecting with yourself and supporting yourself through that? I'm trying to think, imagine what that would, how that would be, what that would look like. It's, it's like little, a little bit like um, listening to yourself, like connecting, like what we were doing here with each other is mm -hmm. imagining what the needs might be, what goes on underneath the pain, doing the same thing for yourself. Yeah. So like, what is it that makes that possibility of depression, of the devastation? It's thinking about what couples are like. So what is it that you want to have in the world that is the underlying longing that creates this depression underneath mm. it all? That's a good question. Um, I think it's to kind of have, um, to have a feeling that it'll be okay. That so things that aren't always perfect, you know, and that just to trust that so, so it'll be okay. So it's some kind of trust in the unfolding of life is yes. what I'm hearing. So if you can For connect, myself and others. If you can connect with that when, when whatever it is that happens there happens, you can kind of like relax into yourself and find more strength. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, I can imagine that. Does that speak to you? <laughs> and yeah. I can imagine <clears throat> that if I'm not trying to be Mr. Fix-It, mm -hmm. then I can have the spaciousness to take a moment to do what you described. Yeah. And you can even tell the friend, I know I'm here to be with you and I need a break. Mm. Can you imagine right. that? Right. That's, a, that's an, an option that I hadn't thought of, like that, that we could go, right? But it doesn't mean like 24-7, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm like by her bedside. But that there can be, yeah, breaks. Well, I was hoping she'd get up. <laughs> we could go do something. I don't know if she can, but that was what I was hoping, is mm -hmm. that she wouldn't, that somehow the companionship would bring her into the present a little. Mm -hmm. So, 
wondering uh, if you are feeling um, in a place of being ready to make a decision about whether or not to go or how to go or any of that. I mean, where I'm at right now is I feel open to going with the, with the understanding that like, self-care is possible there. Mm -hmm. That it's, it doesn't feel so black or black or white or mm -hmm. one or the other. Um, but I also feel like there's a way I could express the care, maybe if I don't go. I don't. I. I don't feel so attached to having to go. Yeah. There's. There's something incredible that happens when you really go to the depth of self-connection. Yeah. Where it's really possible to go both ways. Mm -hmm. And that non-attachment is delicious because then it gives you spaciousness to be in dialogue. Mm -hmm. And how about you? Um, I think even though I have the willingness to kind of arrange things to make it more possible for me to go, that for me right now, maybe the biggest piece is just to trust that um, we'll both be okay, whether I go or I don't go, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that there's a way to talk to her about that mm -hmm. uh, so that the relationship will be okay and that each of us will be okay. Mm -hmm. And that I'm almost starting to think that expressing that might be more support mm -hmm. or an equal kind of support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you'd like to find a way to be in conversation with her about almost like I'm almost getting a sense of uh, inviting her into making the decision together instead of like she's inviting you and you're saying I'm going or I'm not going to somehow be in dialogue with her about this. <clears throat> yeah, the scary thing about that is that I don't know how able to be in dialogue she is right now just because she's in such a fragile place. So I feel like I would need to be really delicate. Mm -hmm. And so I have some hesitation about that. But it might be worth a try. So um, we're not going to do this whole dialogue around here, but we could uh, possibly just um, imagine what the opening line would be. Mm. And um, um, I have a sense that you are kind of prepared to talk to her. So let's ask you to kind of like uh, imagine that you are the friend. Okay. You're the very fragile, devastated friend. And uh, what could be your opening line? And I'm not going to ask you to respond, just to give us feedback about whether you're hearing care in that line. Okay. That's the only thing. It's the only thing that's important right now is to be able to convey care. Care, right? Okay. Care and honesty. Yes. Okay. So I wanted um, to talk to you about this weekend, about you know, whether I'm coming or not, um, and just talk to you about some feelings I've been having about it. Do you feel some openness to that? I have total worry that this doesn't convey care. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and here is what, what, what's concerning me when you say whether or not I'm going. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, um, if I am fragile, yeah. I hear in that I'm not coming. Right. Didn't you hear that? It was too many words. Uh -huh. I kind of spaced out. Okay. 
So I, I can tell you that that's what I yeah. am hearing in it. And, and, and then I, wanna, I have some feelings about it. It's like, oh my God, what feelings do you have? Right. And do you have openness to talk about it? No. Just forget it. You're not right. coming. I get it. Let's not talk about it. So start with like, I love you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I know I would have, I, I could have opened in exactly the same way. I have to say that. It's part of it is when we have the hesitation, um, when we have the hesitation, then we don't know um, how to convey the care because we are mired in the hesitation. Right. Um, you could start by expressing the care, just expressing what is the care leading you to do. I remember you said it so beautifully before. You said, I mm. want for you to be supported through this crisis. Just say that. Yeah. And I want to talk with you about whether me coming down is the best way to accomplish that. Mm. Do you see how different that is? Yeah. I also see that, like, I'm not there yet. I think, um, I mean, just to be true to what's happening in me, like, I, I, I think I still feel guilty and, like, protective of her. And uh, it yeah. doesn't feel natural to go to, to just express the care because I'm, I'm just worried. You're worried? What, what's the worry? I'm worried that she's not going to be able to handle anything but yes, I'm coming and I'm totally here for you, honey. Yeah. So that's a piece to work out inside of you mm -hmm. rather than with her. Mm -hmm. So that when you approach her, you approach her with such full heart mm -hmm. that your care shines through. Mm -hmm. Guilt is not care. Mm -mm. Guilt is actually protection that in some ways the guilt doesn't allow you to feel the care. Right. That's how, yeah, that's how I started out. Yeah. So um, let's take uh, one more break and let's see if we can f find a magical way to wrap it up after the break. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Mickey. We'll come back in a minute after this break. Welcome back to Conflict Hotline. It's kind of amazing how many different voices there are in one person over the course of the situation. We've, we've already worked out two, and now we're imagining going, and there's just all these other voices popping up. It seems Isn't like it amazing we ever make a decision about anything? <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you make one choice, and you start to go, and suddenly there's several other voices around. So how do we maintain the presence? How do we pay attention to what voices are happening at every moment? It's amazing. And especially because logical solutions don't work. Like I'll right. take the two days and then I'll, you know, it's a logical right. we, solution, but because, it doesn't work. Because we're trying to compromise and negotiate on top of pieces that haven't been heard. Mm -hmm. And whenever something hasn't been heard, it will assert and reassert and reassert itself, sometimes for years. <laughs> until it's hurt. <laughs> and some of us, unfortunately, go through decades and never hear aspects of ourselves. I'm going to write that novel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to bed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to this guilt, Okay. this worry. I have a hunch that it isn't about caring for her. 
Mm -hmm. that it's more, it's something else. I am wondering, I'm kind of like going to make a wild jump here. Okay. I'm wondering if there is any way that you're worried of losing her love, losing the friendship, if you don't satisfy her. Yeah, I think that's my fear. That she, I mean, yeah, that she's going to be mad at me, so mad at me, um, that she won't want to be friends with me anymore. Yeah. So part of what you're connecting with here is the preciousness of the friendship. Mm -hmm. So take, take a moment just to see what happens when you really give that full attention. The preciousness of the friendship? Yeah. How much you want that friendship and her love in particular. Yeah, and it's, it's I, I think what's blocking me from that is like, I, I want to be seen as a good friend. I want to be seen as caring and loving. And why do you want that? What's important about that? What, when you're seen, what happens then? Then people love me. Yeah. And then I get the love and care. Yeah. Yeah. It's like caring for other people is a way to get cared for. Yeah. That's and I'm afraid that if I don't care for her, then she won't care for me. Right. And then what part of what happens is then you get care from others at a cost that is so high that in some ways you don't have yourself. It's almost like uh, you are being someone that you're not in order to get the love. And yes. then the question is, do they love you or do they love an image of you? Yeah. And you are somewhere in the background wondering if you ever showed your truth, would somebody still love you? Totally. That's it. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 what's, uh, what's at stake here is the fundamental authenticity of being yourself. Totally. I'm wondering if, if you are recognizing some, something in you in that. Yeah, I am. I, all of it, I mean, to some degree. And just that sense of, uh, of the, the need to belong. I mean, that's how I think of it. It's like, well, if, you know, if this friendship breaks, mm -hmm. um, what other friend, you know what I mean? It's like, oh boy, yeah. is, is it, do I end up out of the tribe over here all by myself? You know, where does this lead? Yeah, so there, that's, that's one aspect. I was oh, somehow sorry. thinking that because earlier you spoke so strongly for self-care that you would recognize in you the longing for authenticity. Yes. I think that's there is that longing for authenticity. Well, and what yeah, and there's a part of it where my sense is is if we operate uh, out of that fear, um, that we're I'm, we're going to end up being very lonely, because I, even though people yeah. are in our lives and responding to us in what feel like positive ways, we're going to be really lonely because nobody's really going to know who we are. Yeah. And I also just understood something else that, I, that feels really significant for me, which is that if you offer someone else care out of fear, mm -hmm. the care is not full. The care doesn't really flow. It, it, it has a constricted kind of quality to it. And then I need her to appreciate it. And get right. better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I need, yeah, I need her to respond in a certain way that gives me the sense that like I'm being the good friend. Yeah. <clears throat> and if I don't get that, then I resent her. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So I'm wondering if now you can have that all sift through, or maybe this time you can try. What would you, you know, I, with I all of I had one the... more piece. Uh -huh. So the whole piece about the, the belonging oh and being stuck out here, not in the tribe. So it's like, it's like the lo that's the loneliness. So it's like, so the lack of authenticity leads mm -hmm. to loneliness, mm -hmm. and which doesn't sound good. And, and, and losing the friendship, uh, you know, I'm afraid of the same thing in both, in yeah. both instances. Yeah. And, and so I, when I think about it, I think, ah, I might as well be authentic because the worst thing that can happen is I'm going to be lonely. And it's already <laughs> and, happening anyway. And I'm already lonely. <laughs> so it's like, why not just be authentic? There is something what I'm, I mean, I know that you're kind of like being uh, partially in jest about it. What I'm hearing through that is there's some way in which there's power to being with the truth and having some willingness to face the consequences of the yeah. truth. I, I mean, part of what it is, is inside me, it lives quite differently. Inside yeah. me, it feels like strength yeah. and flexibility. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like contraction and rigidness. Mm -hmm. Any reactions to that? No. I'd like to hear Carrie try and uh, yeah. speak to our friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I can, uh, other than parroting, you know, what you said, I, which sounded good to me. I'm not sure if I can, if I can do it, but it's just, I guess. The key is to speak the full truth okay. in, the full, in, in the fullness of its caring. Because the full truth includes a vast amount of care for this friend. Okay. It's just about holding all of it in speaking. Okay. So, and you be the friend and tell us if you, if you hear care. Okay. That's all that we want. I've, you know, I've been thinking about you so much. I feel so close to you right now. And, and there's part of me that's just heartbroken um, when I think about what's just happened. And I'm just so heartbroken. And I'm uh, feeling a little overwhelmed. You know, it's hard to know exactly um, the best, you know, the best thing that I can do right now. And I'm wanting to find my best thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. Great. So I'm, totally. are you hearing care? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and see, the, the beauty of this is you're <laughs> hearing the care before she even tells you yes or no, I've decided to come. Mm -hmm. There is like a way in which she's bringing you into the fold and the heart is just completely open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really touched. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing how real the role plays get. Isn't it? It's unshocking. <laughs> yeah. So, any last question before we wrap up? No questions, really. Just just really sitting with how much we've gone over today. It seemed like so much, this, the, the bits about demand in particular and how, mm. how, how much pressure builds up in us and how many voices we have. And each voice is, has so much pressure behind it. Um, that's one thing that I'm really taking mm. away about how important it is to listen to each one of those. Yeah. What are you taking away, Ali? Something really interesting happened where I, I got so disoriented about like who I was 
And I think there's something to that. Like when you're when you're heard, then you're you're less attached to being this specific role, mm -hmm. and then it's just like there's just more um, fluidity. Yeah, fluidity. And it was disoriented because I'm like supposed to be role playing, you know. But it was like I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I my sense is that that's where opening can happen. Yes, you become less attached to the identity of who you are and to the particular ideas that you have about what will work. Mm -hmm. And there's... Uh, kind of like you, an emptiness. And you take on, um, you know, what you hear from other parts of you or from other people if you're in a dialogue with other people and suddenly things are not so clear cut. Exactly. So it's kind of scary and it's also kind of exhilarating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the unknown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, there were a couple of big moments for me. One was about that exhaustion. When and it lifted. When it lifted, and it was like, oh, okay. That, so it's not, it's not, it's the way I'm holding this that's mm -hmm. part of the exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And so I had this idea that when I feel exhausted, maybe I should check in with myself mm -hmm. when I feel that kind of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. That was one piece. And then the other piece, even though I was talking about it and laughing, it was just like, oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could end up alone. I could end up alone. It's like, ah, well, I might as well be myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was joking about it, but yeah. it was just, a, it was a very interesting moment for me. Mm -hmm. And and for me, it, I, I know I already said it, but it stands out to me so strongly, this idea that if we come into doing something, not wholeheartedly, mm. um, A, it's going to result in exhaustion and resentment, and B, it's going to result in what comes out of me not being wholehearted. So it's not even going to be that much of a gift to the other person. Mm. This just felt really um, amazingly clear, and um, I'm going to keep thinking about it. So I just want to know, you know, how do we untangle so many of the voices? How do we, how do we untangle the sense of obligation and how do we really listen? What, what's one thing you can tell us as the viewers to take away for us as, as a practice that we can, we just can do to help ourselves? listen to what is the thing that is most important to each part that you dis discover, to each message, to each, um, you know, um, I want to do this, no, I want to do this. What is each of them speaking for? What core human need or longing or aspiration or anything like that? So What's the, un the, the most important? What matters most here? Thanks so and much. And hear that fully and sit with it fully. Thank you Great. for asking. <laughs> this is the end of our time together for this month. If you liked what you saw today and are moved to want to learn the tools, please call our organization, Bay Area Nonviolent Communication, or check out our website for training opportunities with me, Mickey, and many others. Our contact information is repeated at the end of the program. Also, we want to hear your feedback. We continue to experiment with the format and content of the show each month, so send us your comments or send us your scenarios. Tell us what you want us to role play. Send them again to conflicthotline at baynbc.org. Before we go, we want to thank our role players, Carrie Tepperman and Allie Miller. I want to thank Lauren, who sent in um, the role play for the day. I want to thank Mickey Cashton. Also, the crew and the production people, all of whom are volunteering to support this program. We hope you'll join us again next year on February 3rd for another hour of the Conflict Hotline. We're taking January off, but we're back the, thir the first Thursday of every month starting in February at 7.30. 
You can also see past episodes of our show on YouTube at youtube.com slash baynvc. Until next year, I'm Seagal Shoham. See you then. I take a deep, dark breath of my fear. Breathe out compassion to myself. I take a deep, dark breath of your fear. Breathe out compassion to you. And the next breath is for all the people who can relate to me and you. See eye to eye Won't you step up with me and try Drop the fences down Find the common ground Take a deep breath